Beautiful. All right. Everybody, what we're going to do a little bit of uh, audience participation first, because you've probably been here for about two and a half hours at least. So the first, and you haven't had a break, which I think is a bit rough. So the first thing we're going to do is I'm going to get you all to move into the centre of the room. So you're going to move up and you're going to move into the centre of the room. So you guys in the middle, you're sorted, aren't you? You're fantastic. You're good. And Steve, can I move this across this way? So we all want to move a little bit closer because we're in the coffee industry. Perfect. Are we all close? You need to be sitting next to somebody. Perfect. Now, because you've been sitting here for so long, we need to get a bit of a, a, bit of a warm up going on. Okay? So, what you're going to do, you're going to put all your stuff down and you're going to stand up and introduce yourself to the person next to you. You need to face the person next to you. You might know them, you might not, but you're going to stand up and look at them. Can we have the lights up? Is that possible? Can we have lights up, Steve? No, we can't. Okay, now, guys, what you need to do is you're going to face the person. You're going to find a partner. So if you don't have a partner, you need to find a partner, please. If you don't have a partner, you need to find a partner. Face the person in front of you, and you're going to check them out. You need to have a good look. Seriously, are we listening? Gentlemen, they're not listening, Steve couple up here. Gentleman with the glasses. That's you. Hi. Yeah, you need to face the person in front of you. So you all need to be facing a person. This is audience participation. So face each other. Come on. Face uh, each other. Uh, poor Roland's left on his own again, though. Great. I know. So he needs to find a partner. Has anybody not got a partner? There we go. Come down. Go on, Roland, meet halfway. Come on. Fantastic. Let's all get together. Yeah, you right, you need to chairs. start looking at that person. I want you to look at that person and check them out. Now I want you to turn so your back is to that person, so you can't see them. You're now going to change five things about your appearance. You need to change five things about your appearance. So, you've got two minutes to do this. Change five things about your appearance, please. Great. Are we all done? Once you've changed five things about your appearance, put your hand up. When you've changed five things about your appearance, put your hand up. Don't let the other person see you yet. Great. We need a few more hands up, please. Nice and quick, gentlemen and ladies. Five things about your appearance. Are we all done? Great. Turn around and see if you can find what those five things are on your partner. See if you can find those five things. Once you find those five things, you can sit down.
Once you find those five things, has everyone got five? If you've got five, you can sit down. Has anyone got four? Right, great. So a little bit of uh, get the blood pumping, get ourselves standing up. Did everyone get five? Yes? A bit of audience participation, great. So this speech goes out to anybody who's dreaming of opening a coffee shop or maybe who's opened a coffee shop or who looks at a coffee shop and thinks, yeah, that'd be easy. So when I was a teenager, I wasn't very successful. I wasn't very good at much stuff. And from Australia, you know, most people are good at sport. In Australia, I wasn't very good at sport. I wasn't very good academically. I was okay. Uh, certainly girls weren't. I wasn't very good at girls either. And uh, I sort of struggled along. You know, I did okay. But at 17, I discovered hospitality. I discovered working in the hospitality industry. I always enjoyed cooking, and in my final year of school, I went and did a food and beverage course. I got a job in a local pub. And hospitality has been my career since I was 17 years old. And I absolutely love it. I loved it then, I loved it now. The buzz, the speed, the pressure, the going on stage, the looking after people, and the instant gratification that you get of looking after someone, they say, thank you very much. You can see they've had a good time. That's been my industry since I was 17 years old. Coffee is not my industry. Hospitality is my industry. I've always worked in bars, cocktail bars. I used to work behind a bar because I used to enjoy the barrier that was there. Remember, I wasn't very confident as a teenager, so that bar was a barrier. Eventually, my confidence grew, and I really enjoyed working on the floor, working on the floor, looking after tables, looking after customers. <coughs> I got a job when I was 22 years old in a cocktail bar in a four-and-a-half-star hotel in Melbourne. And as part of the interview, the general manager, a name called Dick, man called Dickie Singh, he was an absolute legend, he gave me the job and he said, Peter, this is now your bar. I want you to take ownership of this bar. And it was the absolute one of the best things a person has ever said to me because it was like, oh, my God, I now have my own bar. And I took that ownership. And I say that to my staff now. If you have a job at Caffeine, this is your place. You look after it as if it is your place. I lived in the UK from 95 to 98. Had a very good time over here. And I went back to Australia and I saw a change in Australia in the cafe industry, in the hospitality industry. Cafes had started to grow up in Australia and in Melbourne in particular. Food was quite important, coffee was important, and design was important. I came back in 2005 with my wife and I saw an opportunity in London not just for coffee and not just for a cafe, but for a viable, successful business of my own. So that was in 2005, and for those of you who know the history of coffee in London, 2005 was when Flat White opened. And that was one of the places that I used to go to all the time with my wife. But what was my opportunity then? My opportunity was to open a cafe in London that primarily sold good coffee, good food, and had great hospitable service with a design ethic behind it. My wife, of course, she said, just do it, as wives do. Because all I used to do was talk about it. Yeah, I think I'll open this, I think I'll do this, I want to do this, I want to do that. We used to go to coffee shops all the time and look at them and, and basically criticise them, which I've very much learned not to do anymore, because it's really hard work. I was full-time at the Marlebone Cricket Club, Lord's Cricket Ground, 
looking after all the casual catering staff. So I was responsible for 600 staff on a major match day to bring them in and work on the, on the test matches, the one-day internationals, and all the corporate events that we used to have. So I started on the business plan. I went to business plan courses. I used to get into work at 7.30 in the morning. My boss would be in about 8.30. I'd be at my desk like this, typing. That's how I type. Like this, fight up. I was. This is my business. I'm going to open a business. And my boss would hear me and he'd rock in and he'd go, geez, you're working hard. Yes, working very hard. <coughs> the planning, the planning and the planning. Sitting at home at night and just typing and typing and thinking and thinking about how this business was going to work and the numbers that was going to work. And again, my wife said to me, just stop thinking about the numbers and how much it's going to do. Just stop. And no, it's very important. I have to do this. I have to do this. So what was the hardest part, though? One of the hardest parts was actually convincing people what I wanted to do and to put the mind into their mind what I wanted to have. I'm going to open a cafe. And they go, really? And you almost go back to the, the bacon butty because in England, with respect to England, that style of business had not really been around before. So I had a mood folder. And our mood folder was basically pictures of places in Australia mainly that showed the sort of design and the style that I wanted to do. And I took this to my bank manager. And I took it to all my friends and I showed my family this is what I wanted to do. Um, I sat down in Monmouth one day because I wanted to have the answer to the question, how many coffees a day do they make? And how many people ask that question? Lots and lots. So I sat in Monmouth in Borough Market for an hour on a Saturday morning and I counted every customer for an hour. My goodness, the flow through that came through on that. So then I sort of had an idea how many customers they might get. And I worked it out, of course, 10 hour day, 60 minutes, 600 minutes. Can you make a coffee a minute? You can. So maybe that's 600 coffees a day. Maybe that's the maximum you could possibly do. But then, of course, you wouldn't have a coffee a minute because you'd have peak times and low times. The next question, of course, how many people are going to buy food? Because my business was not going to be just about coffee. It was going to be a cafe. It was going to be a destination. And food, I knew, food was going to be very, very important. And so when I was doing my business plan and my finances, I had to work out how much people were going to spend on food as well. So I sat in Monmouth and I worked it out. And I figured that 25% of every coffee buyer would buy a food product too. That was my guess. And if you know Monmouth, their food offer isn't of a very high quantity. I'm trying to put this nicely. They don't have lots of stuff available, to put it that way. Yeah? Okay. Um, yeah, there we go. So in 2008, of course, this is all the planning, the recession hit. Pretty much the next week, I went to the bank and said, please, can I have some money? And they said, no, you can't. Okay, thank you very much. I said, I would like to put in 40% of the money into the total amount of money that I need. And I'd like the bank to put in 60%. NatWest said, we're not touching anybody. HSBC, they said, go away, get some more money and come back. So in January 2009, we found the site. <coughs> in May 2009, we found out we were pregnant with our first child. And around that time, I got the courage, and I want to stress that word, to go and speak to a gentleman called George Fernandez at Fernandez and Wells. 
And I rocked up to his shop because I thought his shop was just amazing. And I said, I'd like to speak to the owner. He said, that's me. I said, oh, um, I'd like to open a coffee shop. And the amount of people who come and do that to me now today is a very high number. And he said, certainly, how about we spend half an hour right now, I'll sit down and talk to you. Like, I was blown away. And I've been forever grateful to that, for what he said. There's two very important things that he said. And I hope I can use these words in this presentation. Steve, thank you. You need really big balls to do this, is what he said. I was like, uh, okay, yeah, that's all right, I can do that. He also said, have you got the keys to your premises yet? And I told him pretty much where I wanted to be. I said, no. He said, do you think you're going to get it? I said, yes. Have you got the architects? Yes. He said, get them in now before you open the shop, before you get the keys. Get them in now, get the drawings done, get the building work done, and you're on the way. I said, but I haven't got the keys. I might not get it. He said, just go ahead and do it. So we did. I worked at Lord's Cricket Ground up until July the 25th. We got the keys on July the 1st. The builders were in on July the 5th. Excuse me. Anyone who knows cricket will know in the year of 2009 was the Ashes series. And I can't quite remember, but I think it was also the World Cup one day, World Cup 2020 series at the cricket ground too. So I was working all through that period. I even said to my boss, I want to leave. My last day will be the Monday or the Tuesday after the Ashes. And he said, no, nah, you can't do that. You've got to work an extra week. And I was planning to open on August the 14th of 2009. So I left the cricket club. I went home on the Friday night. And I was feeling okay about it. I'd resigned from my job. And I went to bed that night. And I sweated like you would not believe. I felt sick for a whole week. My birthday was on July the 29th. My wife took me to the Ritz Hotel for afternoon tea for my birthday. And I could hardly concentrate. Because all of a sudden, all this pressure, I'm going to open a shop with my pregnant wife, has built, built up onto me. But we opened on August the 14th, 2009. At the time, we employed, good, keep going, one full-time chef, two full-time baristas, one part-time waitress, and me. And our goal was to be the best in the area. As a gentleman who's here today, I'm not sure if he's going to remember that he said this, but I hope he does. He said, aim to be the best in your area. I hope there's the next one. I'm not sure. Aim to be the best in your area. He said, Peter, don't worry about it. Just aim to be the best in your area. In November 2010, we were awarded Best Independent Cafe in Europe. So I was pretty impressed. We now have a manager, a lady called Claire. We have four full-time chefs, including the original chef, Jared, two assistant managers, four baristas, two floor staff, and... I have two children under four years old. A bit emotional. So then you look at the numbers. Now, of course, you may look at the numbers in the middle column. And you may think, oh, yeah, it's not too many. You may think, bloody hell, that's a lot. But you also should be looking at the numbers on this side, the percentages. And I think James also mentioned in his speech, it's all about the percentages. And I was hoping that Colin would be here today because I'd ask him to read out the flat white one. So Colin, if you're watching, just read that out, 33.33. That's going to be funny. I was. So the numbers there, these are the numbers that we look at. And from my till system, I can get this sort of information. But I think, personally, what's really interesting, of course, is the flat white. Okay? 
The flat white for us is in a five ounce cup, or for takeaway, we have an eight ounce cup and we fill the milk up to about six ounces full. So you basically get a two thirds full cup, but it's still the biggest seller that we have. All our coffees are double shots. You'll also see the Americano in the long black. Okay, it's basically black coffee. For those of you who are unsure, for us, the Americano is basically more water. So if you drink in, the long black is in a five ounce cup, you get double shot and, and the rest water. The Americano, six ounces. Of course, Australians, we know it as a long black, so Australians will come into the shop and go, I have a long black. But there's a number of people that you could say we've converted to drinking the long black because you're getting less water and less dilution of your drink. Okay? So a lot of people are drinking black coffee. And how many people, or what percentage of people, are drinking espresso? So I'll leave that to how, you've, how you wish to uh, read that. I want to go into some of the things that I think are most important. Some of the things that I think are the keys to success. And I also have always thought about how do other people do that? Because I'd never owned my own business before. I'd never run my own business before. I'd only ever worked in businesses as if it was my business. Because I always believed that from the day when Dickie Singh told me that. And here's one of the first tips we should go to. Slide. 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 Oh, damn it. Slide. Yes. Oh, no, we're a bit ahead of ourselves. I'm sorry. We should be up to slide 23 altogether. Tip five. Tip five. So we'll just go through those a bit more quickly. The thing that I was taught, the thing that I said right at the very start, is treat this as if it's your own business. And I read a very good book before I opened. I read it twice in the space of two weeks. It's called The E-Myth Revisited. I highly recommend it if you haven't read it already. And it basically says, oh, yes, oh, I missed a bit. Keep going, please. I'm sorry, I've missed bits. Pardon me. So, Jen, can we go back, please, to the uh, figures? Thank you very much. Go back to the figures. Pardon me, guys, I've got a bit ahead of myself. We'll cut that out in the editing, won't we, Steve? Thank you kindly. Okay, we're going to go back to the figures. We'll show the percentages, please, Jen. Perfect. Fantastic. So in today's figures, that equals about 100 kilos of coffee a week. 50% of my revenue is on, on coffee. 35% of my revenue is on food, approximately. 35 to 40% of my revenue is on food. 10% of my revenue is on drinks and retail stuff, so beans and also aeropresses, which we sell a couple a week. And 5% or so is on catering, the catering that we do for offices around. My wage cost equals around 36%. My food cost comes in around 29%. And my disposables cost comes in around 35 to 4%. We aimed, as I said to be the best in the area. But what I believe and what I learnt from the Australian cricket team is they said, we may be said to be the best, but we never believe that we're the best. If you believe you're the best, you're putting yourself up there to be brought back down. Always believe that you're the second best because you're always going to push yourself, to keep push yourself and push yourself. And we're not good enough yet. We're not good enough. We're not good enough yet. So in my original, fantastic, Ron's track now, 
In my original induction manual, I set up a mission statement and I said something like, caffeine will always be regarded as a good cafe. We recently rewrote that to say that we will always be regarded as one of the leading cafes in the UK. And to me, that's very important because I always want to caffeine to be one of the leading cafes in the UK. If we're in the top one, two, three, four, and five, to me, that's what we push towards. I always want to push towards that. We can only do so much in the space that we have, but what we should be doing is always be recognised as that. And I sat down individually with every staff member that we have, any new staff member that we have, and I said, this is our mission statement. And it goes into more detail than that. It goes into our core values and our standards too. And I said, please read through that. And if you agree to it, sign it. Because everything that you do now, and when you've, even when you first started, leads into that. Every little detail that we have, every little service we provide, every coffee we make will lead into this umbrella.